decoded. Welcome to this new series of the Soundatech Decoded podcast. I'm delighted to kick off this series, which is series five, with Ollie Harris, who is the MD um, in the UK of Thunderbeam. I thought it would be great to kick off with Ollie because I'm very, very interested as this podcast has developed and the sort of themes have developed with with each uh, guest in the role of syndicates and angel groups and individuals acting together to create more liquidity and fluidity in the early stage space. Personally, I think that's where um, things are starting to get really exciting and a lot of the innovation and change we've driven. For sure, there's all the sort of founder tech platforms, but without capital behaving differently and kind of being able to align and uh, wrap around those platforms, the change that I think we're starting to see is possible is not going to happen. So it's great to be with Ollie and he can kind of give us a deep dive from his perspective as to where he thinks the state of that space is. So Ollie, thanks very much for being on the uh, podcast. It's really good to talk and connect. No, no worries, Dan. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me along. Looking forward to it. Great. So do you want to just do a quick intro into Thunderbeam and how you see the space that we just, I've just touched on there? Sure. So, yeah, I mean, the the short the short sell is that we're a, we're a global funding and trading platform. Uh, we're a regulated firm and we're also a MIFID investment firm. And our our core focus for a long time has been providing liquidity to investors and founders via our licensed uh, and automated exchange that uh, is, is is licensed out in Singapore. Um, under the kind of the auspices of that exchange and the way we've set things up, we can also create private markets for investor networks in which they can fund new deals, they can list existing investments, and they can trade the uh, shares in those investments amongst themselves um, should their, um, their network permit. So for us uh the the syndication of deals is our is our day to day and um i think that since uh especially since the start of the year um we've just seen a massive massive kind of explosion in 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 the number of different types of investor network that are looking to syndicate deals in in the way that we do it and i'm sure other other uh, platforms do similar stuff um but yeah, I, I honestly think that uh, since January, we probably have had, uh, I wouldn't put a number on it, but, you know, uh, in, in double digits, a number of networks that have approached us specifically with, with regards to syndication, as opposed to all the other things we do, but, you know, that element alone. So I think, um, I think the topic's hot. So I think you've picked the right one. <laughs> what, why do you think that that those sort of market conditions have started to converge around, you know, what, what we're talking about. Um, uh, in in my experience so far, and this actually does tail back into last year as well. It's it's down to sector and and specifics. So you know, for example, uh, a company, and this is not any company. This is just one I'm making up on the spot. But sure. a company that is a blockchain focused company or, or deep tech or deep AI or generative AI or whatever. Um, of course, raising funds in any market can be challenging, but particularly in the one we're in at the moment. But what I do believe is that 
there's an investor fit for 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 every business out there in in some way and i think that investor networks that have very specific you know people from venture call it thesis which is a little bit much for for a lot of you know smaller angel groups or accelerators but you know if their thesis is that they only look at generative ai and there has to be certain conditions well you know those companies are there so if they can find them using various tools and vice mm -hmm. versa um then you've got the the right conditions to create a very specific syndicate that invests in that specific thing so rather than just the sort of generalist investor syndicate this is where we see you know our private market product working is that investor networks that have very very specific sets and goals for their investments create a private market with us and then introduce deals to that marketplace to get them funded and uh, and that's where i've seen the most appetite is definitely in in, in niching down and uh, investor groups creating syndicates to to look at, at very uh, defined investments so what's come up a term has come up um we've used quite a lot is and you, you sort of touched on it but it was called scalable niches and that one of the factors that's driving what you're talking about is um the fact that if you look horizontally um and you're looking sort of the top of people's funnels you know for sort of big b2b e-commerce plays it, it, there's a diminishment in in those funnels because it's it, there's just not as many big opportunities in pitch decks you know landing in vc still flow but actually if you look at the without sort of moving to a philosophical conversation or that or that, that sort of layer there are if you look at the problems that need solving they are going to be navigated by founders who are operate deep within these scalable niches and therefore to exactly to your point what those founders are going to need is a very specific syndicate wrapping around them to help them you know deploy the initial and then secondary and tertiary capital as they unlock the potential of that scalable niche does that line up with what what you've just said well i, I just think yeah it, it it does but and i think it's it's more down to the fact that with present conditions the smart money is i expect you know people would say the smart money is always preferable you want to get more out of your investors than, than just the capital but i think when you're going now looking for that money and you're looking for that investment uh you're stumbling across smart money i mean there's a million different ways whether it's using uh you know an engine like ship shape or or or, or similar mm. you know there are ways of getting into uh, the places you you want to be as a founder and and exactly the same for the investors there there's just more ways of finding stuff that floats your boat mm. and it, it may be that the top of the a venture capital firms funnel is is still busy but full of of, of lots of different things you know potentially because they get so many applications but mm. where when when an investor network creates a, a syndicate or a market and you know they're they're very disciplined about what they look at they can in a way they can control that deal flow as in they can go looking for it or they can you know openly advertise but i think that um yeah i just think it's the smart money thing and uh, i've had a few meetings today that w would reflect that and and um seeing a lot of decks every day as you can imagine um the the sorts of people that are looking at these decks and wanting to do stuff are still there but i just think they're really into what they're into yeah, I mean, as with so much of this stuff, it's not actually radical. I mean, if you think about what you're saying, you're, you're saying there are 
investors who understand the risk, who have a preference, you know, and have a sector focus expertise, who want to back things and people solving problems within those sectors and within their expertise. That's not a radical statement. No. Um, but it, it, what is amazing at, at the, where, the, with the conversation uh, at this stage where we're having it now is it still is quite a radical idea, but it's only that because of the inefficiency of the current ecosystem and the way it behaves. And this is the point that what you're saying and what we're talking about, it makes just complete common sense. And in two, three years could just literally be the new normal because of course it should behave like that, right? Of course, of course, investors should back their point of view in that way. It's just illustrative of the fact that that doesn't happen and that feels still like a big conversation sort mm -hmm. of tells us, you know, about the legacy of all of this, right? Well, I don't know how long it's remained inefficient. What, what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I think those, I mean, that's what, you know, we, we like any other, like any other company that's an enabler, a, um, a sort of a transactional company, if you if you will, are trying to improve efficiency all the time. And, you know, that's why, you know, angel networks use us to facilitate their deals. You know, they, they know they want to do a deal. They've got a bunch of people uh, that have committed to funding it. And so we execute it and then we've got custody of their shares and they can, they can trade uh, and do all the other things associated with secondaries thereafter. And, you know, it does, when you, when you say it out loud, it seems that well, everyone should do that, shouldn't they? Um, but of course it hasn't always been done like that. And I think particularly in the UK, I mean, we, we have a very broad user base across Europe and beyond, but in the UK, you know, what we see is a bit of a legacy of, of the sort of old style angel network, which is more of an investment club, for example, and, you know, not casting aspersions at, at people who are getting on in life and, and are white with gray hair, but there's, there's sure. a lot of angel groups that are made up of those people and it's their hobby and that's fine. And, but they, they're not really looking for the efficiency. They're looking for a, for a, something that, that takes up a couple of hours a day or, or allows for a good investor lunch to back a deal every now and then because it's fun to look at deals and you're retired and it's not but that's and again there's nothing wrong with that but the they don't need to be efficient the founder wants them to be fast and efficient but there's no real pressing need whereas an investor network you know perhaps one of the the, the newer type of angel networks that maybe is a for-profit because it wants to have staff and is a is a business of its own they have differing needs, right? And they therefore they need to be picky with their investment thesis, but they also need the efficiency that, that platforms and other related services can provide. So what you said is absolutely right. It, it seems obvious and it's nothing radical, but it's it's the way things have or haven't been done for years that, that needs changing. So you reference problem and I know we're, you know the typical startup, what's the problem, what's the solution bit? Actually, it's not necessarily that there's one or two problems. It's just a series of obstacles that have been created by inefficiencies over decades when it comes to funding early stage companies. And um, I think bit by bit, we're sort of chipping away at all of that. But you know what? What we found, or what I found specifically, is that you know the way an angel network funds a deal in Croatia is very different from the way they fund it in uh, Southwest England. And I think that that's the piece that probably is going to take the longest to solve is um, is the way people do different things. Sorry, the way things uh, people do things differently, you know, regionally and based on the regulations and uh, an infrastructure that surrounds them. And, and 
that's the the biggest challenge I think to solve. Do you have a view on what the impact of that could mean? I don't mean from like an impact investment, although I think these things are part of the conversation. And you alluded to you know like moving capital away from London um, and, and, and white middle-aged people, which I'm assuming we both are, you know, like and and, and capital mm-hmm. flowing to where is needed. Um, I would have this thing that it's not about diversity or inclusivity. It's it's we have we have been talking about this, which uh, is not overtly in the, on this conversation. Is it's the right pro- person fixing the right problem wherever they are, being able to access the right capital, and that immediately solves you know the inclusivity. But if, if there's somebody in a remote area of the UK who understands something about early learning in a particular way, and you know why can't that person yeah. just and and that just suddenly you know you, you suddenly include everyone but what i think is interesting and I, I, I don't know if you kind of have a, um, a view on this is that you know if we factor that out if we play this scenario out and let's say you and i are talking in 2025 2026 and these things are sort of you know all just now standard way of doing things and this sounds like an antiquated conversation do you have a view on what the, the unlocking of the capacity of that capital in that way does to innovation or society or you know let's just start in the uk like do you, do you have a view um, and I know you're broader than that, but you have like a view on like what that could do to entrepreneurialism or innovation and the problems being solved. Do you, do you, do you have a view internally on that, or is that a... well? Yeah, I mean, it's it's not a nuanced view, as in like I don't really have the sort of statistics or, or or research to back it up, but I can I can certainly envision in my mind that that hopefully in in three or four years, if someone that lives in Cornwall or the Outer Hebrides as a fantastic idea that they've cooked up in their living room that they'll be able to identify quickly and i think that's the the key quickly the right place to go to put that idea in front of the right people Mm. because at the moment you know one thing we work with uh, funding accelerators with other programs that are, are all great and they help founders through lots of different processes of their of their setup and and you know their journey to begin a fundraise but still on that first day there's like this right where do i start and i think if if anything we could do uh, and especially on the regional level it would be to and i I don't really like that word democratize because it's used a lot but i mean if there was one thing we could do that would really make an impact in a few years it would be to you know have a place or understanding of where to start that's geography agnostic Totally agree. I mean that that I think would make a, a a large difference. Now it's a lot easier when you're doing it from your living room in the middle of London because if someone says go to this event, you can go to this event. Mm-hmm. And I've found, and many others that that I speak to on a daily basis, that events still are, you know, one of the best places to 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 get to know people and kick all this stuff off mm. so i think that's that's the impact you'd like you'd like to be so but again so if i knew for example in four years time if a lady in cornwall decided that she wanted to start a business doing whatever it was that she knew that that there was a, a private market on Thunderbeam that specifically and only looks at these sorts of deals uh, that would be it would be ideal if that was her, the first place she started you know what i mean i, I, I totally know what you mean um do you I say this because the accelerator that I run, Propelia, has is, is sort of made it out of main expertise around founder market fit and the platform that we've launched pilot around is, is a is a, a founder market fit driven platform. 
around the issues that we're talking about. Do you use that term? Does it come up? Does it? Because not everybody does. I don't, and, and I don't make any claim that we invented it. Um, it, it. But it's interesting to me when I have these conversations. Who, even if you've come across it, if it's used, because a lot of what we're talking about is essentially found the market fit. You know what you've just described about the lady in Cornwall. You're describing her found the market fit. You know, is she the right person to fix the right problem at the right time in the right way, essentially? And and then and then and then as you said, you know, the minute she kind of starts or wants to kind of go on the next version of that journey, she can access whatever she needs. Do you? I'm just interested. Do you use that term? Has it come up? Uh, have you heard other people use that term? Um, I I have heard it, and um, I sort of get it. Definitely, I suppose the the one thing to look as you know should one measure if there's a founder market fit or should one try and make the founder fit the market or vice versa right. um so yeah i i totally get it and i i think though that there's probably a lot of examples of of people that you wouldn't have considered the right fit for the right market as a founder but have, have bulldozed their way through sheer determination and, and luck um but i i understand where you're coming from and um i think it's it's something that will be explored more and more and especially when it comes to maybe solving problems that do require a bit more domain expertise like exactly. there are some things that you know to be honest you know like space tech or whatever you know there's there's a certain low level of of competency in the market required to I guess to to even get the traction in the first place, you could have the most amazing idea. Of course. I mean, I, I remember. So I previously worked in in horse racing, and we set up a, a very good business in horse racing, and we launched it and all the rest of it. But the the first couple of years were very much being welcomed or unwelcomed into the market because we weren't all from racing backgrounds. We weren't all connected with the necessary people at the top of the of the racing uh strategy uh, structure so you know in that case we had a great idea and we ended up doing it and it when it worked um but you know at the beginning where was a few times when it's like oh you know are we this is a good idea but are we the right people to do it because actually do we have the you know the experience really in this market and are we are we the right people and, and you know I, I imagine a lot of people get put off when they come into industries where there's set structure and and there's key players so yeah i mean it's it's an interesting concept for sure yeah i, I mean what, what's what's remarkable and it's a kind of goes back to the, the radical idea you know, um, observation or, or it not being is that if you think about how much noise and chatter at the events that you mentioned and everywhere else you know it's all about the founder you know, it comes into place, particularly early on. Eighty percent is about the founder. You know, maybe ten percent of the idea, ten percent of the team. You can play with those ratios. You know, but the point still stands. How few people have a model to assess the founder, which seems again absurd. It seems like a lot. If you're going to, if it's going to be about the, you know, and of course, like terms like subsurface cues and obviously your gut, and, you know, little things like the way that they behave. Um, you know the way the way that founder behaves early on is, is other indicators but it just is interesting how there isn't really formalized models and, and i'm not trying to take away from instinctive kind of judgment or, or those those cues i think they're very important but i think we're going to have to 
um, circle around and understanding it. If, we, if we're saying this type of founder in that kind of niche who's going to be regionally dispersed or geographically dispersed, we're going to have to have a way of understanding those founders quite quickly um, and elevating the ones that are, you know, uh, it's, it's, uh, who, who through their own actions have got, you know, uh, uh, the right to even like address the problem or navigate the problem. You see, I just find it always interesting how there isn't there isn't a language. You could line up five investors, even sophisticated ones, and they may be able to draw on a piece of paper, a quadrant or something like that, but there isn't any kind of language around that, which I, I just think, again, is the absence of that, which is the interesting bit, um, because, mm. of course, we should have those things, right? We should have, you can Google product market fit or MVP, and it'll, you know, it will, it'll have a slew of images and ideas. But, you know, it, 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 to me, what that talks to is that, people haven't been having this conversation because the minute you have this conversation, you have to have a view on what the founder is, you know, and how to assess them because you're, you're moving always down a level of kind of, um, you know, uh, magnification down to that founder level. And I think it's interesting that, you know, that it's evidently the market is not behaved in that way and kind of there's a bit the pitch decks and they would kind of zoom one level up and kind of evaluate things at a slightly higher level, which is, again, that's useful in certain ways, but, I, my my hunch is my instinct is is that actually we're going to have to go one level down to make these markets that you're talking about and Thunder Beam enables really behave properly. Do you, well, I, I what do you yeah, think but I think it, then you know that sort of stuff without getting too deep and it comes down to the mechanism and you know I, some of your listeners may or, or may know may not know Sirkan from Pitchbase, but what yeah. what he's building, um, you know, to me the sort of a living pitch deck yeah with with various elements attached to it that that go that one layer deeper in terms of yeah you know actual achievements but also in terms of who that founder is because you know if you're part uh, of and, and if you haven't seen this in beta you should definitely get in touch with him because I, I spoke to him yesterday actually we're, we're, oh, right. we're, we're sharing prototypes or yeah. we're sharing up platforms next week so yeah we yeah. had a really nice conversation so yeah yeah but if, if anyone listening hasn't seen it you know the it's it's a cool platform uh, or will be but the idea of 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 it being a a community of founders and investors and so on you know you know almost like a almost and it's not but it's almost like a social network of its own but then the pitch deck being a living thing that yeah is continually iterated and then there are achievements that you know can be rewarded by with badges and all of the rest of it yeah it's 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 a it's a way of adding an extra layer of information i think um and and several layers in fact that give you more of an insight not into just who the founder is and what they want to do but what they've done and how they've done it yeah you know if if there's a reward available for someone in that community for example to do a certain task well maybe that reveals something about the founder when you look at the task that they've asked them to do you know as opposed to seeing one that has no tasks in it and they've you know been raising for a month or so and their community is not engaged that might give you an insight into why the round hasn't been filled uh, and and then the sort of person they are it might mean that that person's been you know under the bonnet rather than out there selling the the round but you know in the moment if you get a, a deck completely out of the blue you don't really until you have the conversation and in, and go deep into it you don't really know much about uh, the founder per se and then how their journey's been because you know all for all that many of us know, they could have been at this for years and years for whatever reason, or it could be fairly fresh. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I, um, 
I, I like the way you're thinking. It's <clears throat> it's certainly interesting for sure. Yeah, I mean, when I talk to second, and there's, there's a bunch of people. You mentioned Shipshape Daniel there as well. I'd say you know, there's 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 lots of people who come up and this podcast. This is the whole point of founder tech is that when we talk to each other, there is this 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 sort of shared mentality. So. Second, and I can talk and immediately we know we're kind of talking about the same thing. You know, I'm doing one side of it, he's doing another side. And then it's suddenly it feels like actually, if you put that with that and that with that and that with that, then you've got something really powerful. Um, and, and I think that's super exciting because I, you know, and I, I literally yeah. said to him, you know, you've got, you know, one, I, no one would invent the pitch deck as a static tool today as a, as a comms tool. It would be laughable if you presented that as, as a form of a way of co uh, conveying something complex, but yet nuanced and sort of, you know, people, people driven, but still strategic. It's, it's not a very good tool. You, we, I'm sure between all of us, we could come up with by five o'clock today, a better format. And so when I said to him, you know, well, what's needed is a, you know, an active pitch deck that you can kind of live it. And he was just like, yeah, that's exactly, exactly what we're building. And you, and again, you're like, when you hear it and when you, uh, he didn't go into the gamification, he alluded to it, what you said, um, he's like, you know, again, it makes complete sense. It makes absolutely sense because what's the, you know, there's that terrible trait in pitch decks that families spend months, if not, you know, sort of many or sometimes years on it and then eventually they land you know so, some kind of round and then it gets put in the drawer and no one refers to it ever again what's i mean that's that's crazy right that's just a, that's a very strange way of behaving and so we were chatting um all about that um so do you just where we, we, we're about to close in terms of time um do you look across and do you sorry if this is a leading question or feel please feel free to sort of push back is would you see this term kind of founder tech and kind of like this family of people i think it's particularly exciting coming out of the uk i can now think of 12 13 people like circan like doing really interesting things do you do you buy that kind of if they if everyone starts talking to each other of course there'd be competition and all of that but that actually we can drive something out of the uk that could be really like as i say rewire the venture ecosystem yeah yeah, well, I think so. I, I, and, I, you know, one thing I would say is I don't see why not. I mean, in the UK, despite um, despite what what many may say is, you know, is still in European terms monstrous in terms of the size of our early stage yeah. market and, and what we produce, like monstrous. And the amount of money that's that's invested here in in startups is, is huge. And um, and I think that the, the founder tech and and things that can improve the way that that people with ideas get to to raise money is since you know since I've been involved in in startups a long time now it's been sorely lacking and as you say the the pitch deck the PowerPoint the PDF whatever has has, has stood the test of time probably for all the wrong reasons um, as has the way of of communicating with with people yeah. you know individually and slow and still emails and still you know alluded to we alluded to it just offline before how many meetings do you have to have in a day yeah you know it's all mad it's all madly inefficient um but still there's you know there's one i guess one thing to point out though is that these these investment styles are extremely high risk they are they're nuanced and so perhaps, you know, from an investor's point of view, they want you to take the time to have meetings. And yet I'm sure they would love an easier way of discovering things. And also they would love an easy way of filtering through the number of, of propositions they get. Um, but there's still an element that 
you know, if you're looking to raise half a million quid, it's still half a million quid. Um, oh, sure. Not, you know, and, 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 and as a regulated firm that we are, we, you know, we take the responsibility of putting in, uh, together an investment offer with, with a founder seriously. And, you know, so do the FCA and others. And that investment offer, which can be, by the way, more, you know, it's not just a pitch deck, it's a sort of a slightly living thing as well. Um, you know, perhaps, perhaps that, that there are ways of making those things more accessible and, and a little bit more, more user friendly, put it that way. Um, and I think that it's coming, whether it's pitch space or, or, or anything else, that there's going to be a change at some point that I think that a certain number of early adopters will use. And, you know, when, when one of the bigger VC or bigger angel groups takes on the other side of that and adopts it as well, you know, then you'll probably find that, that quite a few go down that route for sure. Totally agree. Um, just as we wrap up, is there any, um, if anybody's listening to this from, uh, I guess, in investor and founders side of things, is there anything in terms of Funder Beam where they should go, what you want them to look out for, any event, any podcast, you know, the mic's yours to kind of close, as it were? Oh, okay, that's very kind. Um, well, look, um, we have our own podcast too. Um, I try and get some interesting people on there, so check that out. Um, you can get it wherever you get podcasts. And um, and I suppose, yeah, if anyone's interested in um, learning more about working with a regulated platform and what we can do regards secondaries and founder liquidity and uh, and employee shares and stuff like that. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn. I'm Molly I'm Harris. Yeah. That's brilliant. Well, I'm sure we could talk for another half an hour, but I think this, it really feels, thank you for kicking off the series five. Like these are the types of conversations that I'm looking to have. And um, I hope we look, listen back to this in two, three years. I'm sure you, I'm sure that's not what you'll be doing with your time, Ollie, but um, you know, and it, and it feels really twee and <laughs> sort of a bit, you know, like, like I said, obvious, but for now um, it, it's super interesting. So thank you. Thank you very much. Really appreciate your time. No, thanks Dan. Good to speak to you.